Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. Welcome again to Cornerstone Church. How many of you are having a good time this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. We are continuing our series uh, titled Move Forward, Learning to Walk with God. Um, And last week, we learned that when we come to that point in our lives, that, that time or that place or that set of circumstances where we need a greater reason than merely it's it's our lifestyle or we fear going to hell, or uh, the blessings of God. We need a greater reason to take that next step moving forward with the Lord, because we know that that next step will lead us into a place that we would rather not go. Much like Jesus experienced in the garden, he knew that if he crossed a certain point, the cross lay right behind that. And so when we face those moments where we're called upon to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him, what moves us forward, and we learn that our reason to remain resolute in our faith is the resurrection of our bodies. And so we build on that thought today as we think about coming to a place in our lives where our walk with God leads us in a place where maybe we'd rather not go, maybe into a place where we, we perceive that, you know what, this is not safe, okay? Maybe not necessarily physically safe, but you know, I I don't know if I really want to go here, Lord. Um, And you know, I'm not going to move any farther forward. And and so when we come to that moment, what keeps us moving forward? How can we respond to those gigantic, seemingly impossible situations and continue to move forward with courage, trusting that God is with us and that He is working on our behalf? And the answer to that question is that we focus on God. We focus on God because when we get in that moment, when we focus on God, the things around us don't seem quite that scary. Not, you don't seem that gigantic or that impossible when we're looking at the God who created the universe, the God who, who can do anything, right? It's when we take our focus off of the Lord and we start looking around us that those problems, that those circumstances grow and grow and our perception of them is that they are enormous, far bigger than what God is, uh, even God might be able to take care of. And so we're talking about focusing on God. So as I looked and started studying this, uh, this topic, I thought about what scares people, you know? What's, what scares people? I found several different surveys. Uh, this one it, it, I, I found was pretty interesting. It's, it's interesting that uh, the number one American fear, according to this data, is public speaking. As one wag put it, uh, it seems that Americans would rather die than make a fool of themselves in front of others, okay? Notice that the fear of death is second behind public speaking. Um, I also notice one of my personal fears, one of my top fears is number three, it's the fear of spiders, okay? Um, I'm, I am not a huge fan of, of spiders, I tend to kill them on sight, okay? And it reminded me of a time when I was in Costa Rica uh, serving. I had an uncle and aunt who were missionaries there, and so I spent a summer help working with children and youth, and, 
And I got up in the middle of the night, probably three or four in the morning to use the restroom. And as I walked into the bathroom, there was an enormous spider, probably like the size of my fist. He was like about that big. Okay, and if you know anything about Costa Rica, it's tropical, it's warm, there's all sorts of biodiversity there. Um, and I happened upon, or it happened upon me, okay, this spider was waiting there. And so I kind of like, oh my goodness, what in the world? I immediately woke out of whatever sleep I was in. I knocked on my uncle's door. I'm like, hey, Phil, there's a giant spider in the bathroom. And he's like, well, just kill it. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Okay, you know, so I mustered up my strength, grabbed a broom and a knife or something out of the kitchen, and I, I went to task, okay. I, I killed that thing. I don't even remember if I, if I remembered to pee. I just went right back to bed, okay. I just, I, you know, pulled the cover up and maybe put cotton in my ears. I'm thinking this thing's going to lay eggs in my ears or something gross, you know. So anyway, so I, I am not a big fan of spiders. It's, it's a tie between spiders and sharks. Like, I just, I can't do that. You know, so I wonder, what about you? You know, do you see maybe your fear on, on this list? I mean, maybe your, your skin is crawling just thinking about it or your breathing just accelerated as you think about a tight space or um, thunder or lightning or something of that nature. And so, unfortunately, we all have a, a thing or two that, that makes us afraid, Okay, and so as I think about our fears in terms of walking with God, I have to wonder, is there anything that would make us so afraid that we would not continue moving forward with God? Is there anything in our life that, any set of circumstances where we go, whoa, I, I just can't do that. I don't do that, Lord. I, I'm not, I can't go any farther with you. You know, sometimes it's hard to know the answer to that question, but if we walk with God long enough, then there is a really good chance that we will all come to a place where we will face some gigantic, impossible circumstance. And in that moment, what is at stake is nothing less than the abundant, thriving life that God has prepared for us. He has a very, very good life. Yeah, there is that, the times when we deny ourselves and take up our cross and things get tough, but as a whole, I can testify to almost 25 years of walking with the Lord, that walking with God is better than walking with anyone else. And it's a joy to do so. And it's a, it gives me this, a, this abundant life, this thriving life that I wouldn't have otherwise. How many of you can testify to that today? Amen. So how should we respond in that situation so that our walk with God doesn't stall? Okay, fear tends to stall our walk with the Lord. What choice should we make when we get in that circumstance? What mind should mindset should we have and how can we overcome our fears and continue moving forward? And these are all questions that we want to answer this morning. So would you turn with me to Numbers uh, chapter 13 today? Turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. And if you don't have a Bible with you today, we have one for you. If you'd like to just raise your hand, our ushers, uh, Brother Ed can give you a Bible. And if you don't have one of your own, just consider it a gift from Cornerstone Church. Would you stand with me today? Stand with me. Let's read Numbers chapter 13, starting at verse 26. And we're going to read through 14.9. So 13.26 says, After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. 
This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces, but the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, the Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. He said, let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. They said, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. And so they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored would devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw there were huge Uh, We even saw giants there. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Verse uh, chapter 14. Uh, Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If we had only died in Egypt or here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Verse 5, Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, He will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are helpless. Pray to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Thanks for reading with me. You can have a seat. So as we try to answer this question today, how do we overcome our fears How do we maintain our focus on God and not on our circumstances so that we can continue walking with God, so that our walk with Him doesn't stall? Well, we're going to look at uh, two sets of men, the ten and the two, ten and two, right? And so we're going to look at some similarities between them and some differences. And then I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to say, well, what about you? Okay, what would the two say to you if you're in the same place as the ten? That's a mouthful. All right, so let's look at the similarities first and foremost. Um, Both sets of men, both the ten and the two, acknowledged the abundant life that God had prepared for them. They both said, hey, it is abundant, it's exceedingly good. And in uh, 1327, if you look back to that real quick, the ten said, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. In 14.8, the two said, it's exceedingly good. It's flowing with milk and honey. So they, they even added to it. Both men, uh, sets of men acknowledge the abundance. Both sets of men acknowledge the giants that live there. The two didn't deny that the existence of giants. Okay? They just weren't going to let a fear of giants keep them from obtaining it. Okay? They didn't deny their existence. They just knew that God would come through. So it leads me to this quote. If both acknowledge the abundance, if both acknowledge the existence of giants, and both probably felt that same fear, and yet the two were not going to let that fear keep them from moving forward, I thought about courage in this way, that courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. 
The brave man is not he who does not feel fear, but he who conquers that fear. And Joshua and Caleb were exactly like that. They were brave. They felt the fear, but they weren't going to let it hold them back from moving forward. Speaking of courage, have you heard about the man who appeared before Peter at the gates? He comes to heaven, and he, I mean, the guy's just going to walk right in. And Peter's like, whoa, easy. Easy there, killer. What, what's going on? I can't just let you in. I, um, have you done anything of any merit? Have you done anything courageous? Any, give me a reason to let you pass through these pearly gates. And Well, the man thought about it for a second. He said, well, there is one thing. Peter's like, well, what's that? The man says, well, you know, I, was in, I was in the Badlands, you know, and I just happened to st- come to a gas station. There was this group of macho uh, bikers there hanging out, and they were harassing this woman. They were harassing her, and so I directed them to leave her alone, you know. They wouldn't listen to me, he said. Well, Peter's like, well, what'd you do? Well, the man says, I walked up to the meanest, most heavily tattooed biker, the, the biggest guy in their group. I slapped him in the face. I kicked his bike over. I ripped his nose ring out and threw it on the ground. And I said, you leave her alone, shaking finger and all, if, or you're going to have to deal with me. And Peter's like, oh my goodness, you are extremely brave. That is awesome. When did this happen? The man said, well, just a few minutes ago. <laughs> Well, sometimes being courageous and being brave can get us in trouble. But as it concerns our walk with God, we need it because there are going to come times when we face that, those circumstances that are scary, those circumstances that we'd just rather not walk through, and we're going to need courage to move through it. Um, so we talked about the uh, differences, between, or excuse me, the similarities between the 10 and the 2. Now let's look at uh, some, simil- uh, some differences, I should say. So in verse 13, 27, look at the 10. The 10 said, yeah, the life God has prepared for us is abundant. They acknowledge that. But obtaining it is too big a challenge. It's impossible. What made it a challenge? If you go to uh, 13, 31, the 10 said, we can't. They are stronger. And so when you see this we can't attitude, there, uh, there's some pessimism and some fear that goes along with that. And the words they, they say they are stronger, it shows that the ten were focused on the giants and not on God. And so as they took their focus off of the, the one who was walking with them, the one who put the cloud by day and the fire by night, they took their focus off that visible representation of God, and they looked over at the giants and said, we can't do this. They are stronger. Well, in contrast, the two said, look at verse 1330. The two said, we should go. We can certainly do it. And so here we see Joshua and Caleb's attitudes. We see this courage as expressed through optimism and faith. We can do this. And then in 14.8, if you took look over there real quick, the two said, God will lead. He will lead us. He will give it to us. Again, we see the word will showing their optimism and their faith. And the fact that they mention God and not the giant shows me, it shows us that they are focused on God, not on the size of these giants. Okay? So in summary, what we see here, we see the 10 spies did not have courage. They were those ones who, in their walk with God, 
they came to that place and said, you know what, we can't do this, and we're not going to go any farther. Okay, their focus was not on God, it was on their circumstances. They had this we can't and God won't attitude. Pessimism says we can't. Fear says God won't. Now, on the other hand, we have the two. We have Joshua and Caleb, and they're in the same walk with God, and they come to the same set of circumstances. Instead of retreating back, they say, hey, we can do this, and God will. They have this courage is expressed through optimism and faith. So that's where we're at right now. I want to give you a quick conversation break, and I'm going to ask you to stand and stretch and share for about three minutes. And while you do that, okay, I want you to share with someone one of your top fears. And if you have a funny story to share with that, that'd be great. Okay, so stand up on your feet. I'm going to have you stretch out for a second, and then we'll wrap up after about three minutes. Stand up, stretch out, and begin sharing real quick.
righty. Go ahead and wrap up your conversations here in about 10, 15 seconds. It's good to share. Thanks for standing, stretching, and sharing this morning. It's good to know someone shares that fear of spiders with me and sharks and deep water. It's good. So let's, uh, let's keep moving forward here. We're talking about how would fear keep us from moving forward with our, in our walk with the Lord? Well, that usually occurs when we take our focus off of him and put it onto our circumstances instead. And so the, as we wrap up this morning, I just want to ask you, um, if you're walking with God, then where is your focus? Is it on God or is it on your circumstances? So if, it's on your, if your focus is on your gigantic, impossible circumstances, then what would Joshua and Caleb say to you today? They'd probably say the same thing that they said to the ten back then. Look at 14.9 again. Numbers 14.9. The two told the ten back then two things. Do not rebel and do not fear. Let's look at those statements for just a quick second. First of all, they say, do not rebel. Okay, rebellion was a choice that the ten made. They were walking with God and they came to a place where they chose to not move forward anymore. They basically were telling God, we're not going. We're not crossing the Jordan. We're not going over there. I don't care how abundant it is. Uh, we're just not going to move forward. So they rebelled. Second thing is, do not fear. Fear was a mindset that the ten had. They were, had. They were walking with God, and then they started focusing on their surroundings more than on God, and they started realizing we're not safe, okay? So they had two attitudes. They said, we're not safe, so we're not going any farther. And that's a very common thing that people encounter in their walk with the Lord. Now, the advice of the two reveals a fundamental characteristic about walking with God. See, each step, every step, small or big, requires two things. First, it requires an obedient choice and second of all, it requires a courageous mindset. Okay, when we choose to focus on God and not on our circumstances, our decision-making is based on God's word. And so if God says move forward, that's exactly what we do. We move forward. We take that step of faith. And focusing on God gives us a courageous mindset. So uh, we're optimistic when we walk with God that the next step is going to be better than the last, that it's God is working on our behalf, that when he says it's safe, that he, it actually is safe, and that taking that step forward and, and turning a little bit more of our life maybe over to him or starting to treat others the way he wants us to, and, and you say, okay, I, I can do that. It's safe. It's okay to be vulnerable in that way. It's okay to obey because it's going to turn out for our betterment. So why do we obey? We obey because we believe. And so in the process, we maintain our focus on God. And when our focus is on God, our perception is that He is bigger, 
He is stronger than whatever circumstances we face. Now, in contrast, when we start looking away from Him and we start turning, when you start turning your attention onto your circumstances, you start to look around and think, wow, it's, it's not safe to go any farther with God and as a result, you disobey. And unbelief leads to rebellion and as a result, your walk with God stalls. So instead of entering into that abundant, restful, thriving life that God has prepared for you, you start to retreat a little bit. You start to fall back into old habits, just like the ten did. Look at verses 14.4. Look at 14.4. It says, they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. I, I read this and I started thinking, why is it that every time something got difficult for the Israelites, they tapped out and defaulted to slavery? They were like, yeah, let's, let's get, this is too difficult. Let's go back to being slaves where we don't even get to make a, you know, we just get up and work all day. You know, we, we don't get a choice of freedom. I, why don't they tap out and say, we're going to the Caribbean, you know? <laughs> we're, I'm done with this, Lord. We're going to go someplace warm and sunny. I just don't get that idea. So it's, is that what we want? Do we want to return? Do you want to return to those bad habits, to those bad relationships, to those non-virtuous cycles of behavior when things get a little bit scary? I heard someone once say that life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. So be courageous. Be courageous when you come to those circumstances that you're like, you know what? Wow, it's not safe. I'm not going. Instead of letting that fear rule you, come back and say, you know what? Despite being afraid, despite not knowing how it's going to turn out, I am going to take that step forward just like Joshua and Caleb did. So what can you do to change if you're there today? or there in the, in the future. The first thing is this. Look around and see the work of God in your life. God is with you. Look at what the two said in verse 9. Look back there again. It says, they said, the Lord is with us. You know, there was a cloud of fire leading them at night, a pillar of cloud by day. I mean, how could the ten miss that? How could the ten miss and not realize that the living God is with them? And as I read through this passage of Scripture here in Numbers and Leviticus and Exodus, it seems like a fairly regular occurrence that they see God come down, hover over the tent, talk with Moses, they hear his voice, they, it's like, how did the ten miss this? You know what's interesting? As I work with people and I just hear their stories and they tell me about their walk with the Lord, it is truly amazing how many people do not see the work of God in their own lives. They see it in other people's lives. They look around and they say, man, look at the wonderful things that God is doing. God, God healed them or look at their, their marriages improved or look at their, their, their got a restored relationship with their kids or their work is really prospering. Wow, God is really moving in their life, but you know, he's not moving in my life. They, they feel that, they see that. And so I'm here to tell you, look around. God, if you are walking with God, then he is moving in your life. You can't help but walk with God and have him work in your life because every time you take a step forward, he just loves it and he responds positively to that. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. The second thing is this, 
commit scriptures like Romans 8.31 to mind. Romans 8.31 says, If God be for us, then who can ever be against us? And so when you have scriptures like that in your heart, what they start to do is they start to change your mind from one of fear to one of faith, from one that says, we can't, they're stronger. Those circumstances are too big. God, I could never change. My habits are too bad. Oh, my relationships are too far gone. God, you don't, I, I can't find this. I can't keep that. God, I could never have that abundant life that, that Mike is telling me you have for me. They, they're just too big. No, no. When you start getting verses like that in your heart, you, your mind starts changing and you start realizing that I can because God will. God is with me and he can change those parts of my life that I, would, I, I can't change in myself. How many of you can testify to that today? That God can do work in us and around us and through us that we cannot do in ourselves. Those 10 weren't wrong. Those, those giants were stronger than them. And you might look at your circumstances and you, and you go, that bad habit has been hanging on to me for years. I've tried everything and I just can't break, break free of that. And you're right, it's stronger than you. But if you haven't brought it to the cross, if you haven't surrendered that to the Lord, if you haven't started putting scriptures like that in your heart, okay, I can see why. And I encourage you to start putting the word in your mind and you will see your life change. God's word is the catalyst for our change. And so as we put things like that into our hearts, it starts to change how we see things. You know, the, the 10, all they could see was this physical realm. They couldn't see into the spiritual realm, right? They couldn't see beyond like the two could. Look at what the two said. Go back to verse 9. It says, Do not be afraid. Caleb and Joshua are talking here. Do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. I like how uh, another version mentions, I think it's the NIV, it says their defense is gone. They said their defense is gone, but the ten couldn't see that. They were too focused on, on the physical realm. When we focus on God, we start seeing beyond that. And like the two, they say, oh, those pet habits, those gigantic, impossible situations in our lives, they are defenseless because God is with us. God is with us. So commit scriptures like that to memory and few will be amazed at how things change. God is working in your life if you are walking with him and not only is he working in your life but he's working in the lives of everyone around you who is also walking with him and every time we take a step forward God responds positively how do we know that look at how God responded to the two's courage go to numbers 14 36 and this is our last reference here 14 36 The ten men Moses had sent to explore the land, the ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report, were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. Of the twelve who had explored the land, only Joshua and Caleb remained alive. And so we see the ten who were focused on giants, who were too afraid to take that next step, okay? God punished them. 
They never got a chance to move forward. They never got to experience that abundant life that God had prepared for them. What, how did he respond to the two? Well, they were, he said, they're going to live. They're going to experience this abundant life. They were focused on God. And 40 years later, they got that chance to do so. Now, I think the same is true for us, not in the fact that, well, at least I hope so, okay? I, hope, I, I, I'm not, I don't know the Lord that he's going to struck you dead with a plague today, okay? So don't be necessarily afraid of that. But the point is, is that he responds positively. When we take a step forward with him, he loves it, and he's going to lead us in to that abundant life, whether we take a small step or a big step. You know, last word here. Sometimes our steps forward are really small, and that's okay, because big or small, a step forward is still a step in the right direction. It is still a step in the right direction. Would you pray with me this morning? Why don't you stand with me? Amen. If you're comfortable doing this, would you just... Maybe place a hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. If you're not comfortable, that's okay. You can still pray with them. I want us to pray for one another because just like we've seen early on, all of us have you know, a thing or two that, that scares us. For some of us, it's spiders. For some of us, it's sharks. For some of us, other things. You know? But you know, I want us to pray today that whatever fear would keep us from taking that next step forward with the Lord, that he would just speak to that fear and give us courage. Would you begin to pray for that person next to you today? Hallelujah. Father God, we just come before you. God, we surrender our lives. God, we're so thankful for just for the opportunity to know you, the opportunity to, to read in your word and learn from the lives of others. Father, I just pray today that you would help us to take that next step with you, that fear would not keep us from moving forward. Lord, that you would just show us even just small ways we can draw closer to you, small ways that we can have that closer walk. Lord, I pray for people here today who are facing some just gigantic, impossible circumstances, and maybe they're just debating whether or not they want to take that first step or that next step with you. I pray, speak to that fear. Let faith rise up within them today, God. Let faith and courage rise up. Let them be like Joshua and Caleb, where despite their fear, they take that step. Lord, make us brave, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you that every step we take with you, Lord God, you reward us and you, you just love it. And so I pray, let every person here feel your presence. Let them know that you are with them and you are working in their lives. I thank you for that, Lord God. And now I pray a blessing over every single person here, a blessing upon their homes. Lord God, a blessing upon their relationships, a blessing upon their work this week. God, that you would go before them. God, that you would just overcome every obstacle in their path. God, that you would go before them and, and move discouragement out of their way, Lord God. That they would wake up each and every day excited just to see how you are going to move in their lives. And so I thank you for each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming to Cornerstone today. Give somebody a high five or a handshake on your way out. 
you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.